What is up, YouTube, and welcome to the next episode of Entertainment Purposes Only. I'm your host, Ben Hardy. It's been a long time, been a long time, been about three weeks since the last episode. It's longer than I would like to have between episodes, but there's reasons for it. We'll get into it. Before we do, you know what time it is. It's time to talk about arbitrage racing. That's right. They're still sponsoring us. They are still the premier stable in the digital horse racing game. Follow them on Twitter at arbitrage racing. No G in that Twitter handle at arbitrage racing for the premier stable in the digital horse racing game. All right. Into the episode. So, like I said, it's been a while. We got a lot to talk about. Lots has happened in the college football world since the last episode. Now, I told you last episode that the day that episode came out, I was leaving with my friends. We were going to Las Vegas. So that's sort of the first thing in this timeline that happened. We went to Vegas. It was a good time. Fun trip. We did not do well, if you know what I mean. Um, This was our second trip there. First time, we robbed the town dry. Basically, everything we did, we couldn't lose. Great time had by all. This time, Vegas bit back. Vegas bit back. Didn't matter what we were doing. If we were in the sports book, if we were at a blackjack table, at a craps table, we couldn't buy a bucket. Couldn't get a lucky bounce. Everything went against us. It is what it is. Happens to a lot of people in Vegas. Casinos don't go out of business for a reason. So, the series is 1-1 right now. We got one on them. They got one on us. We'll have the rubber match at some point. But, uh, anyway. That's uh, what happened after the last episode. Went to Las Vegas and uh, that happened. While we were there, the Saturday, we were there. We were all day in the sports book at Caesars Palace, right there in the middle of the strip. Didn't do well. Like I said, that was another week where, you know, had some bad beats, had some bad picks between all of it, just a bad week. We went six and nine. (coughs) Six dash nine on the week. Remember, that was the day that the whole, the big noon kickoff game was Penn State at Ohio State. That game, one of the most boring games of the year, it turned out. I think Ohio State won 20 to 12. We were on Penn State plus four and a half. That was obviously a loser. And don't worry, I'm not going to go through every single pick for the last three weeks and break them down. That'd be insane. But going to hit on some of them. In the first quarter, when Penn State got that scoop and score and the refs called it back for a penalty, That's when we knew it was over. Not that game. I'm talking about the whole shebang, the whole trip. It was not going to be a good trip. That would have put Penn State up 7-0. Instead, they call it back. I think Ohio State ends up kicking a field goal. Just not our day. That was a microcosm of the whole trip, of the whole day in the sports book. Frankly, of my picks ever since then. But that was a loser. Terrible game, by the way. Awful to just sit there and watch that thing. All the other games are on, too, obviously, in the sports book. But, of course, that one was the main event. Had the volume on. Just ugh, awful game. Now, 
We also had Iowa minus three and a half that day. Which, probably, okay, well, which Iowa game was that? I'll tell you what Iowa game that was. That was when Iowa, losing to Minnesota with a minute left in the game, returns a punt for a touchdown fair and square. And they call that back. Not because of a penalty. They go to review. He was tightroping down the sidelines. Now, we're in the sports book at this point, and me and my buddy Robert were both on Iowa. So we were watching that. We were going crazy. We thought we had just pulled a win from the jaws of defeat. They show the replay during the review. He's tied her up in the sidelines. He stays in. It's going to stay a touchdown. Unbelievable. We pulled a cover out of nowhere. Didn't deserve it, but we're going to get the win. Then the review keeps going. The review keeps going. The referee starts giving his explanation. Again, we're in a sports book right now, so we're able to see it on one of the side TVs, but there's no volume on that game for us, so we don't know what's going on. So, you know, we see that he it was close down the sideline, but he stayed in. It's going to be a touchdown. The ref starts talking to give his explanation to the crowd, and he keeps talking. And he keeps talking. And he keeps talking. And it becomes very apparent. He is saying a lot more words than the ruling on the field stands. Touchdown, Iowa. So at that point, I'm crestfallen. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what they're going to call. But it's not simply call on the field stands. Apparently... When the punt was bouncing towards a return man, he used his arm to sort of shoo off some of his teammates. And they said that counted as a fair catch call. So no touchdown. So now we've got about a minute left. Have to rely on the Iowa offense to score a touchdown. (laughs) Yeah. Good luck with that. It's just... We've had a lot of losers like that this season. We haven't really had many winners like that this season. And I know what you're thinking. What are you talking about? You had Houston over West Virginia when Houston had the Hail Mary in the last play. Again, the bad beat in that game would have been West Virginia covering, not the Houston Hail Mary. Houston was up like 14 points in the fourth quarter in that game and blew it before they had to do the Hail Mary. But again, not important. Been a season of bad beats. That one might take the cake out of all of them. I mean, just the way it happened for us to see it, have the game with no volume on in the sports book and see him running down the sidelines, not knowing if he stepped out of bounds or not. They called a touchdown. They showed the review, showed that he stayed in bounds the whole time. We're high-fiving strangers. It's the whole thing. And then to get that explanation from the ref with no sound was just... It was a tragedy. It was a tragedy. So anyway, we went six and nine on the day. Thanks a lot, Clemson. Had you minus three at Miami. Couldn't beat their backup quarterback. You know, I was going to... So anyway, we went six and nine. That brought our season record to 68, 69, and five at that point. One game under 500. Okay. Now, 
we came back. I was going to do an episode, record it, and have it put out on Monday of last week, which was Halloween. I was going to do this cool Halloween theme thing where I turned the lights off in here and put the flashlight up to my face and told those stories like they were ghost stories for like a Halloween theme. Would have been really cool. But again, I couldn't do episodes last week either because I got sick again. I was sick basically the entire month of October, guys. Like, I finally called my doctor last week. He was like, Doc, give me something to knock this out. Because the whole time I just thought it was a cold. But then... I'd have the cold, it'd go away after a week, then it'd just come back a day later and go after and come back. So I waited, I didn't ever reach out to the doctor because I thought it was just a cold going away a couple times. But then finally, when it came back for like the fourth week in a row, I was like, doc, take care of this. So I got antibiotics last week and I think we're in the clear. I still got a little bit of a cough. <clears throat> but at this point, that's all there is. If it comes back again, I don't know what I'm going to do, but we're not missing any more episodes that I can almost promise you. So we missed out on a good segment with the whole ghost story. Bad beat thing would have been cool, but look forward to that next year, I guess if I can do a Halloween episode. So I mean, guys, when I say I was sick last week, I mean like I couldn't say a sentence without having a coughing fit afterward. My throat was so sore talking just hurt in itself. Not a good combination of things to be going on to be recording a podcast with, right? I mean, I hope that's an excused absence. But anyway, I hope to make it up to you guys here for the rest of the season. Uh, so week nine, week nine, we went eight and eight. Eight and eight. Some of the highlights there. Uh, let's see. We had of the good ones. Oh, Kentucky plus three and a half at home against Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee doinks a field goal in. Kentucky doinks a field goal out. That's the difference in the cover. It's just one of those years, man. I told you guys at the start of the season, I've been doing this, making these picks every Saturday for like the last five college football seasons. Never had a negative year. We're in danger. Of it happening this year. And of course it's going to be the first year I give these out publicly. Is when I have the down. Of course it is. But I mean it's just been that kind of stuff all year man. It ain't right. It's not fair. Remember the week two episode. When I was recapping those picks. When we went I think four and nine. But it was like seven of the nine losses. Were just unbelievable bad beats. I thought it couldn't go anywhere but better from there. I was wrong. It's just stayed that way all season. All the wins are like easy wins. There are a couple close ones, but it's like they're all the right side, no doubters. And if there's any doubt in there, the bounces are just going to go the other way and give us a loss. It's just been that kind of a year, man. We're going to keep soldiering through, though. We're going to keep soldiering through, but... It's been one of those, oh, and I told you guys early in the season, my strategy when I like a team total under to instead of just making that one bet at minus 120, parlay the other team spread with the game under. Did that with Oklahoma State-Houston. Oklahoma State minus seven and under 53 was the parlay. There were 33 points scored. 
with five minutes left in the game. Oklahoma State was killing them, by the way, so the spread was never in doubt. 33 points scored with five minutes to play. That's all that has to happen is not have three touchdowns scored in the last five minutes of a game that's already over to not win that parlay. Juicy odds on that parlay. Well, Houston gets a garbage time touchdown. Okay, well, what are you going to do? We're still looking good. They kick it back to Oklahoma State. All they have to do is run the clock out. For some reason, Gundy still keeps Ollie Gordon in the game. Ollie Gordon, by the way, in the Heisman conversation right now, probably Big 12 Player of the Year, the running back for Oklahoma State. Last time we had an episode, none of you knew whose name. And don't tell me you did because you're lying. But, I mean, dude has caught fire, can't be tackled. And the problem when you have the under with the stud running back who can't be tackled is when they're just trying to run out the clock, they hand him the ball, and he rips off a 75-yard touchdown run. Well, okay. Just don't let Houston score again, and we're still going to win. Well, so I thought, because they didn't let Houston score again. Houston got the ball to about midfield, went forward on fourth and four, turnover on downs. This point, Oklahoma State, with the clock situation, needs one first down, and they can need the ball out. Ollie Gordon's out of the game. He's got his helmet off. He's done. Backup running back comes in, and Houston puts on the single worst exhibition of tackling I've ever seen in my life. I'm calling them right out right now for point shaving. I think they had the over in that game. That's the only explanation. The backup running back breaks like five tackles the whole way. He's got the first down, and all they have to do is just get him on the ground or out of bounds, and they need out the things over. But they just keep missing tackles. They had him dead to rights at the five-yard line. Dude just barrels into him, and both the Houston players looking like cartoon characters just fly backwards, and he goes into the end zone. So again, should have been a winning week. Instead, it's 8-8. Eight and eight. Lose the money on the juice. 76-77-5. Last week, still sick. We go 7-8-1. and one. So now we're at 83-85-6 on the season. Two games under 500. Let's see. Looking through all those plays. Um, da, 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 da. Clemson plus three over Notre Dame. That one was a no-brainer to me. After Tyler from Spartanburg, another name we didn't know last time we had an episode, called into Dabo's show and got him all fired up. That just had Clemson written all over it for that one. Easy winner. They got it done outright. Let's see. At Missouri, plus 15 and a half at Georgia. There was a chance Georgia could have covered at the end there, but I think Missouri was uh, content taking that nine-point loss there at the end, and Kirby was then content to just knee it out at that point. So glad that happened. Dogs went in, got the cover. Can't beat it. The easiest winner of the week last week was an under 30 and a half points between Iowa and Northwestern at Wrigley Field. Why are Iowa and Northwestern playing at Wrigley Field? I don't know. But 
That place is known for being windy. More importantly, those offenses are inept. Under their, Iowa's game this week against Rutgers set at 28. What, let's get weird. I don't know. So, da, da, da. Michigan last week. That's right. Worst speed of the week. Michigan against Purdue. They're covering the 32 and a half. Another situation. All they have to do is stop Purdue on the last possession of the game. Purdue gets it down to about the 12-yard line, fourth and four. The one time that game, a Purdue receiver gets a free release and just runs through the end zone. The dude throws it right to him, makes his best throw of the game for the touchdown. It's mm. Bama minus three against LSU. Felt good about that one. That was a winner. Just picking some out of a hat here from that one. Uh, Ole Miss minus three against A&M. That one pushed. When Ole Miss scored the touchdown in, I believe, the second or third quarter to go up big, but they called it back, and instead that possession ended with Texas A&M blocking a field goal and returning it for a touchdown. That's a 14-point swing, and we still got the push. That's what I'm talking about. Like, that no business A&M being close to Ole Miss. We were on the right side. Ended up with a push instead of a win because a touchdown gets called back on a bad call, by the way, and instead it ends up in the other team blocking a field goal and returning it for a touchdown. 14-point swing, that shouldn't have happened. That's the stuff we're up against this year. Typically, that stuff happens in college football games. A lot of them. Typically throughout a year, you'll sort of be on both sides of it, and it'll even out. This time, every single one of them has gone against us. And we're still only two games under five hundred for the year. So, I got to feeling a little bit better. And didn't have an opportunity to do a recap show for last week because... On Sunday, my coworkers and I, we made a little trek up to Athens, Georgia. Ever heard of it? For our state conference of the year. It's a good work trip. Um, now, because I still wasn't feeling great, and the uh, medicine the doctor put me on, he told me I can't drink on it. I don't really even enjoy the whole like bar hopping scene. When I can drink, but when I can't and I'm not, like, no thank you. So, when nighttime came and everyone would be off doing that, I would sort of on this trip, I just sort of went off on my own sometimes. And I said, you know what? I'm in Athens. Let me just go walk by the stadium, see see what it's looking like. And I get there. I'm walking on the bridge. And I say, whoa, look at that. The gates here behind the West End Zone are just wide open. So I go in there expecting a, you know, a sniper to take my head off at any second. But I walk in there and there's just security chairs sitting there with nobody there. So I just pop a squat and I'm just sitting in Sanford Stadium, the only person in the whole stadium by myself. And let me tell you. That was 
pretty therapeutic. It was silent. I've been to that stadium hundreds of times. It's not silent. It's the quite the opposite of silent. But being there at night, the stadium lights obviously aren't on. There are some like lights on just a street light sort of things just to keep it lit a little bit. But looking around, nobody's in there. It's silent. Just enjoying the view and the silence. It was, it was really cool. It might sound lame the way I'm saying it. But there in the moment, it was just like, huh, what a moment. What a moment. That was cool. And let me tell you, Athens, I'm not breaking any news here. You know, I get, look, if there's ever any list, they usually come out during the summer when these uh, college football people have to get engagement and clicks and everything. But any sort of ranking of college towns in the nation it's always split at number one. Some will have Athens, Georgia. Some will have Madison, Wisconsin. Never been to Madison, so I can't speak to that. But being in Athens on just like regular weekdays when there's not 100,000 outsiders coming in, taking over the town, that town's got the goods, man. That place is really cool. And again, I know I'm not breaking any news here, but that place is awesome. I want to live there one day. Just, I found myself, like, what if this was just where I lived? Because, yeah, again, I've been there a hundred times before. The vast majority of them were on game days. I never, like, stayed there for a few days in a row on just normal days. Man, that place is awesome. Anyway, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. But, place for this week. I won a Tuesday night matching teaser. If you're looking for proof of that, then I sent some to the arbitrage guys that night. So take it up with them. But so we're one to know. Not a whole lot of plays this week. We're going to run through them here, but a smaller card than usual. I'm trying to divert. So I did some research. I did some research. Figured out when I take two a game with two group of five teams, so non-power five teams. It's like teams in the Sun Belt, the MAC, Conference USA, the American, Mountain West. Game with two of those teams, it was like 20 games under 500 this year. So I'm going to just stick with picking what I know. Not going to add that filler in so I get like an 18 to 20 play card. Now I think I've got 12 this week. And that's what we're doing. And I know I said I just want a teaser on three matching games on Tuesday. Yes, but again, teasers aren't picking the games. If I had taken those same sides without the teaser, just at the actual spreads, I would have gone one and two in those. So, Noon on Saturday, Kentucky versus Bama. Bama coming off the big win over LSU at home. Going to Kentucky at the big checkout line. Kentucky coming off a throttling of Mississippi State. I've got the under 47. Jalen Milrow was fantastic against LSU, running for four touchdowns. That's going to be what Kentucky's focused on stopping. Um, You know, Bama's going to win this game something like 31 to 13, I think. Uh, I really like the under 47. I just don't think Kentucky's going to be able to score a lot on them. And I like the under better than the Bama spread just because, you know, you never know. Bama could be having a big letdown after that Kentucky game. 
Georgia Tech's going to Clemson at noon. Clemson coming off that big win against Notre Dame. Georgia Tech has found their footing. Clemson's going to win the game, but it's not going to be by more than 14 and a half. Haynes King can score. Georgia Tech has way more of a pulse right now than I thought they would at this point in the season. You guys know I hate Jimbo Fisher. One of the bigger indictments of him and Texas A&M is how Haynes King is playing this year. I got some Georgia Tech friends. I was telling everyone who would listen at the beginning of the season, now Haynes King ain't it. He stinks. Well, he's pretty good this year. I mean, draw your own conclusions. Jimbo's just clueless. Penn State, Michigan. Penn State plus four and a half is the play. I'm not confident in it. I'm going to be straight up with you guys. I'm telling you why I'm doing this. I have a season win total pick on Michigan over 10 and a half. So if Michigan wins this game, they're cashing that easy. So the only way they can't is if they lose to both Penn State and Ohio State. So I'm sort of hedging that with this Penn State plus four and a half. Perfect world, Michigan wins by four or fewer, and I just get that middle, so I get this winner for Penn State. Plus, I'll end up getting the season-long win total. But, I mean, I do also think Penn State is better than their perception right now. After that Ohio State game we talked about earlier, I think everybody wrote them off. Nah, I think they're still a top-ten quality team. Um in Happy Valley, I think they're going to keep it close in a one-score game against Michigan. We'll see. <coughs> Virginia Tech, Boston College, gross. Gross. That's why we're going under 49.5. NC State, Wake Forest. Wake Forest, gross. NC State. With their whole quarterback drama going on right now, they're going back to Brennan Armstrong, obviously, with the news coming out this week. But I don't think they'll, they're they going to be able to score a lot. We're going under 42.5 in that one. Oklahoma State is my darling this year. Before the season, back over the summer, I got a Oklahoma State to win the Big 12 at 40-1. to 1. Not saying anything. I'm just saying that I have that, but we're not we're not counting anything right now. But the new teams in the Big Twelve this year, so UCF, Cincinnati, BYU, Houston, they've been horrible against the teams that were already in the Big Twelve. Oklahoma State's going to UCF this week. They're only favored by two and a half. Now, typically, that'd be a red flag. Be like, oh, Vegas is trying to tell us something. They're begging us to bet Oklahoma State. I'm still doing it. I just don't see how UCF is going to stop Ollie Gordon in this offense. So I'm taking Oklahoma State minus two and a half. They got all the momentum in the world, plus the over 65 and a half. John Rice Plumley, I think, is going to be back for UCF. They should be able to put up more points, too. So between the two of them, I think the game's played in the 30s. I like the over 65 and a half. And Oklahoma State gets it done by a field goal or more. Tennessee going to Missouri. I'm taking Tennessee minus one and a half because Missouri could be dealing with that after effect of the Georgia game. Plus, Luther Burden got banged up in that game. I don't think he's playing. If he is, then he's not 100%. So, I think it's a toss-up game even with Luther Burden, but without him or without him at 100%, give me the balls. 
Syracuse plus three. When Syracuse plays at Yankee Stadium, which they are this week against Pittsburgh, you bet them. They do well there, and we're getting points. Syracuse. Kansas State minus 20 and a half. They had Texas on the ropes last week. Malik Murphy, by the way. Woof. Kansas State had him. Didn't get it done in overtime. I think they come back mad. They're going to smash Baylor this week, so minus 20 and a half. We might have that thing covered by halftime. Georgia Ole Miss. I'm taking Georgia minus 11. They're just the better roster by a lot. Like, there is a world in which Lane Kiffin and Jackson Dart are both just on fire. And Georgia can't stop them. And they go in there and pull. I just don't. Ole Miss has to be perfect for that to happen. Ole Miss is 8-1. The experts are saying they're a lot closer to being six and three, five and four than eight and one. They've had some luck. They've won a lot of really close games against teams that maybe shouldn't be close playing against a supposed top ten team. This is far from a lock, but over to I think if they played this game a hundred times, Georgia wins by double digits sixty percent of the time. So that's what we're taking. Duke, North Carolina. Over 50 and a half. I just think Drake May is going to be slinging it. I think Duke's still a decent team. They're going through a rough patch, but obviously this is the big rivalry. They're going to be up for it. I think this number's just way too low. Over 50 and a half. So that's the place for this week. Do you guys know... It's been so long since we've done an episode of this show. The last time we did an episode of Entertainment Purposes Only, not a single person outside the Michigan football program knew the name Connor Stallions. So here's what I want you to do, because this whole thing is confusing to me. He was cheating. Did Harbaugh know? Did Harbaugh direct it? Is it anything different than what all the other teams do? They're all colluding against Michigan. We're coming to find out anyway. Let me know in the comments what you think should be done. Should Michigan be punished? Should Harbaugh be suspended? Should there be a bowl ban this year? Should nothing be done? I don't know. I don't know. I tend to lean toward slap on the wrist, if anything. But, again, I don't know. When all this lawyer talk gets involved in the sport, that's when I just I put my hands up. No idea. So, get in the comments. Let me know what you think should happen to Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. And uh, we'll see. By the way, I saw about five minutes before I started recording this, so I didn't have time to really dig into it. Audio has leaked of Lane Kiffin kicking a player off the team who apparently took off for like several weeks for a mental health break. And then when he returned to uh, talk with Kiffin about it, He hid his phone in his pocket or a recording device, I assume it's his phone, and recorded that meeting. So, audio is leaked out now of Lane Kiffin saying, go read your effing rights about mental health. We, 
have the right to kick you off the team. Bravo, Lane Kiffin. Bravo, Lane Kiffin. And some more context to this, what he was saying earlier in the clip was they were reaching out to this kid the whole time, like, just come talk to us. Come talk to us. Come talk to us. Kid ghosted him. Didn't respond to him. Didn't reach back out. Then just shows up one day expecting to be back on the team because he apparently knew his rights with mental health. Nuh-uh. Not in the real world, kid. Now, there's going to be a lot of people out there, you know what side of the aisle they'll be on, who are going to want Kiffin to get in trouble for this. But those of us based in reality, Kiffin's job is to run the football team. And if you set the precedent that a guy can just leave for a few weeks whenever he feels like it and come back with no repercussions when you're trying to get in touch with him, No boss in the world is going to let that fly. If it was something serious where you needed a break, a family member, a loved one died, something to that extent. Like, again, they were reaching out to you. Just talk to us. Tell us what's going on. Tell us what's happening. If it's something like that, then they would have had your back. You would have been able to go grieve. And if not, if you told them that and they still didn't, then at that point, that's when Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss looks bad. That's when they can get in trouble for it. But handling it the way you did, player, no. And you hear him in the meeting. He says that. He says, go read your effing rights about mental health. We can kick you off. The d-. That's when he says, well, I, I don't know why you have to be disrespectful about it. And that's when Kiffin snaps. He says, you know what? Get out of here. You're off the team. Go. Just bravo, Kiffin. I'm glad earlier this year when I did my SEC head coaches rankings, there were the clear top four to me of Saban, Kirby, Stoops, and Kelly. And then that next group where it got muddy, I put Kiffin at the top. Kiffin, between this and the way your season's going so far, you're moving up closer to number four and three than you are being bumped down to six. Bravo, man. Anyway, be sure to like and subscribe. If you disagree with what I just said, let me know in the comments. Follow me at EPOCFB on Twitter. If I add any more plays to the card this week than what I just gave out, that's where you'll find them. Again, love you guys. I missed you guys. Been too long. Be sure to like and subscribe. Enjoy the football this weekend.